Welcome to Right, Just, and Inconvenient, a podcast where we talk about the Catholic faith and our walk towards holiness in today's cultural climate. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Amanda. And we are both Catholic wives and mothers trying to raise the next generation of good and decent Catholics in today's world. And even though we don't always get it right ourselves, we invite you to walk with us on this journey to holiness. Today we're going to be talking about some common misconceptions about the Catholic faith. So if you aren't Catholic and you're listening, then maybe this will clear up some of those for you. And if you are Catholic and you're listening, then maybe this will be a good refresher for you or even maybe even clarify some points that maybe you just didn't even think twice about. Um, So first off, I think the most common one that I've ever been asked is, why do Catholics worship Mary? And it's also the first one that my roommate in college ever asked me about. Um, she was, she had grown up Southern Baptist in a small town in Alabama, and we were, we'd never really met, um, prior to being roommates, and the first night there in our dorm, she was like, hey, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. Um, she said, do y'all, do y'all really worship Mary? And I said, okay, well, to start, no. Um, there's a, there's a long explanation for that, but in short, no, we don't. Um, we do we honor her and we respect her and we hold her, I feel like in a very high regard in our hearts as Catholics. Yeah. I feel like, uh, that is also like the question I've probably gotten the most or not even a question. Like, I think people have told me that we worship Mary. Like I didn't know (laughs) uh, what was going on with my own faith, but I think a lot of Catholics, I don't know that they know or they think that we worship Mary, but I don't think that they understand exactly like the point there I guess or maybe it's something that you know as a Catholic you just don't think twice about I feel like I didn't growing up yeah and I think a good place to start is um that of all the human beings um not divine human beings like Jesus but just human beings that ever existed Mary is the human being who did the most important thing that a person could do she carried in her womb and birthed and raised Jesus Christ like she watched her son suffer and die on a cross and she did it with joy I mean like not watch him suffer but like you know like she lived her life in a exemplary way like she was a perfect example to us she's a hero like she's done amazing things and we should honor her we have statues all over the world of people that have done great things and we honor them because they've done great things and I think it only makes sense to honor the person the human being who you know birthed and raised Jesus Christ and Jesus honors his mother like he didn't even allow her to to suffer death yeah Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven yeah, and I think that, like, all of these misconceptions, we could have an entire episode, maybe an entire series on Mary. And, because um, I know some people don't believe that she was assumed into heaven. As Catholics, we do. And, um, yeah, she, I mean, he honored her from, I mean, from his childhood. And then I, um, my favorite story in the Bible, 
my favorite miracle is the wedding feast at Cana. And in that story, um, the people that are getting married, they run out of wine at the wedding. And Mary knows that Jesus can do miracles. She knows. This is a Catholic crisis. Yeah, she knows. Yeah, there's no wine, right? (laughs) She knows that Jesus can um, do whatever. And he even says, woman, it's not my time. He's like, mom, not ready. And she's like, so confidently, she looks at him or she looks at the servers and she's just like, do whatever he tells you. And he does. He turns water into wine because his mom asked Asked him to. to. And he didn't have to. He's God. Like Jesus is God. So he doesn't really have to do anything that anyone tells him to. But his mother. He honors and respects her still, even though he is God. And that's one of the commandments. And Jesus, you know, he was perfect. So he followed he followed the commandments. He honored his mother and we should honor her too. We should follow in Jesus's example and honor our mothers, but also his mother. And it makes it makes sense. It makes sense that this is confusing and it makes sense that people ask this. Oh, for sure. I mean, because walk into any Catholic church and there are statues. There are statues of Mary. There are statues of various saints. There, and I think that reading through the Bible and almost every mention of idolatry in the Bible has surrounds false idols being statues, things of that sort that are that are worshipped. And I think it looks like the same thing from the outside. It's just, it's not a stupid question. Um, it's just it is a misconception. Yeah, because we don't worship Mary in a in the way that we worship God, we honor her, we respect her. And like the saints, um, we ask her to pray for us because we as Catholics believe that, um, when you die, if you go to heaven, you become a saint and Mary is in heaven. She is a saint and those in heaven can pray for us and their prayers are powerful. See the wedding feast at Cana where, Mary just asked her son to do something and of course he did it if he didn't even think he was going to at first but he did it so if Mary's praying for us that's powerful and I mean you ask your friends on Facebook you post a status and you're like pray for me I need prayers so I mean it makes sense that we ask the people in heaven to also pray for us their prayers are very powerful also just a note the people that you ask on Facebook to pray for you hopefully they'll pray for you not saying that they won't but the saints, it's kind of a guarantee. That's if true. You're, if you're praying, you know, and you're asking for Mary's prayers, if you're asking for the saints' prayers, they're going to pray for you. They aren't going to forget. They aren't going to brush it off. They aren't going to get caught up in the rush of life and just not do it. It's a guarantee. So asking the saints to pray for us is really, it's a guarantee that someone will be praying for us and for our intentions. And I think it's also a reminder that the saints have finished their race. They are in heaven. They are part of the church triumphant. So... They're, they're in the stands now. They're watching us run ours, and they want to cheer us on. They want to help us when they can, and part of that's through prayer, and part of that's about taking time to learn about their lives and experiences and seeing what we can actually draw from that and what we can learn from it. Yeah, because it's like it's important that you learn from your own mistakes and, and your own triumphs, but it's even better and probably easier to learn from other people's. And so having the saints as like examples and role models is really helpful to us. And I think it's a gift that we have that we should use. 
I think it's one that we could stand to share when we can with our Protestant brothers and sisters in Christ and just, you know, tell them about it. Because they might have had zero exposure to it whatsoever. And maybe they buy into it and maybe they don't. But I think it's such a valuable piece of knowledge to have and a valuable teaching to have in your back pocket. Yeah, and when, I mean, when our family members pass away and, um, I mean, maybe they go to purgatory and then we, it is our job to pray for them. And, um, then eventually they do go to heaven and if they are in heaven, like how great is it that like your grandmother can be praying for you in heaven? I mean, someone that you love and that loves you and you know this like you have a relationship because the saints love you and and you love them and mary loves you and jesus obviously loves you but like someone that you were able to love on earth is up there like praying for you like rooting for you really wanting you to be there with them i mean i think that should be all of our goals not just the saints but like all of our goals is to help each other get to heaven yes and and to also remember that that Getting to heaven doesn't necessarily end with our death here on earth. Right. And that's something that I think I took for granted. I mean, as a kid, which it makes sense as a kid, because when you're a child and a family member passes away or a loved one passes away, everyone in the world says reassuring things to you like, well, they're in a better place now or like, you know, that they're in heaven now or they say sweet, very well-meaning things. And I'm not saying don't say that to little kids because it's probably comforting for them, but just to remember growing up that they may be in purgatory. I hope that they're in heaven, but I don't know that. So I think it's important to remember that I should still be praying for them and supporting them on their race towards heaven too. I think that's a big misconception too, is the lack of purgatory. Like a lot of people don't believe in purgatory or why do Catholics believe in purgatory? And, um, I think it's one I think it's one worth devoting an entire episode oh, to. Oh, for sure. I think all of these will be. And I, I know there's spots in the Bible that that have evidence for purgatory and I can't pull one out of my brain right now. But but there is evidence for purgatory and I think it's a good thing to think about because we don't I mean, Jesus wants us to be ready for heaven, ready to meet him. And if you're not yet, like it doesn't mean you can't eventually but um purgatory gets you ready for that like it takes away the attachments you have to the sins that you might have maybe habitually committed on earth and we want that like i don't know about you but i want to meet jesus in my best state yes as pure as i can the same way that we want to go receiving communion i think and that's a whole other discussion <laughs> as well. Definitely. But receiving communion, we, we do. We, you know, go to confession usually beforehand if we've in a state of mortal sin. It's great to go if you've even committed venial sins. Um, to just go into the Mass with that sort of purity to receive Jesus. Yes. And, um, and purgatory gives, that for, gives us that. For heaven. Yes. And um, I think just in general about the saints and um, the church triumphant, triumphant, goodness. Um, I think it's nice to know that like we have, we have them rooting for us and praying for us. 
and um, I feel like another misconception that is commonly misconceived yeah misconceived (laughs) well I feel like this is one that I was also told growing up like maybe at uh, I mean I went to Catholic school so it wasn't at my school as much as like when I went to like summer camp um it was more protestants there i think and it wasn't until i got maybe college age where i ran into people who weren't christian at all but um more more protestant people especially in the south i think protestants i don't know of a catholic summer camp around here and i could be wrong i don't there either. may be some i hope there are some i went to the ymca so but it was brought i went mean, to camp one at Tosca. it was a great camp it was i was not i mean i guess the ymca is christian but it's it was just people i mean but I did hear a lot that, um, like, Catholics don't read the Bible. And I I can understand that misconception, too, because I do feel like a lot of Catholics are people who claim to be Catholic. Even I don't, I can't pull out a Bible verse off the, the top. Fly. Yeah, regularly. But um, some people can. Like, I think that that is definitely a misconception because it there are. On the Catholic you're talking there to. are Catholics who know their Bibles, Bible verses, Bibles. And, um,. There are resources, not just the Bible, but like Father Mike Schmitz is doing the Bible in a Year podcast. And um, I mean, Catholics clearly do read the Bible and they should read the Bible. Just because you find Catholics who don't know it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be reading it. And I mean, I should read it more. I think that honestly, I mean, if you think about it, Catholicism relies on two sources of truth. We have the Bible and also sacred tradition. And I think when it comes down to it, Protestant faiths, they rely solely on the Bible. So, of course, there's more emphasis on that scriptural text. It makes sense that there is. And we still we still have that reliance on scripture in the Catholic Church, but it's just that we also have a whole other piece as well alongside it. And they don't contradict each other. They, they work together. I do think that we tend to focus more on tradition than like the bible aspect of it all but i don't think that's how it should be i think it's just what ends up happening especially if you're poorly catechized which i feel like we were i mean maybe in school we were catechized okay but like at home i don't think either of us were properly catechized no definitely <clears throat> I, I would say that there's a greater percentage of what we call cradle catholics catholics since birth that probably have less of that um, scripture knowledge than maybe someone who converted to the Catholic faith. But having scripture knowledge, um, though it is, I mean, it's it's very important and there are ways to do it. If you don't have it, it doesn't mean that Catholics don't read the Bible. It doesn't mean that you can't be Catholic if you you can't recite full chapters of the gospel. Right, but if you go to Mass... Every day, like, because you can go to daily mass. Like, we were, we've talked about going to mass on Sundays and how important that is, but that's like the rule. Like, if you were doing it really well, and I would love to one day be able to take my kids to daily mass when they're not, you know, one and two and in utero. But, um, if you went to daily mass every single day for three years, you would basically hear the whole Bible. Because the way, the way that Catholic Mass works is that the readings are set up in three cycles. We have year A, year B, and year C, where you're going to cover that material just over the course of 
every three years. So within three years, you're going to get a fairly full scope of scripture. So, I mean, it is ultimately a misconception because if you go to church, which is one of the big rules, like keep holy the Sabbath, you have to go like that's it's number three. It's a rule. Like it's, it's not <laughs> like a suggestion. It's like, you got to do it. Um, even if you're just going on Sundays, you hear the Bible, like you hear the gospel. That's a new Testament reading. That's, that's from the gospel. Um, you hear the first reading and sometimes there's a second reading. There's a Psalm. Um, so I mean, you're, you're getting exposed to the Bible. I think you should be doing your own reading. I think some Bible study, like a little yeah. bit deeper digging into it and is, is where maybe, maybe we don't do our best at that all the time. We I feel as like. in Alex and Amanda. I think, I think most Catholic churches offer a Bible study. I know mine That's does. True. And my old parish did too. And my old parish was a smaller parish. So um, it's up to you. I mean, like, I think a lot of the problem with the Catholic church and it's not a problem with the church itself. It's the problem with, like, the community of it all. Is that I think it, um, or at least from what I know of Protestant churches or for friends who are Protestant, that they have a lot of programs that it seems like are incorporated into their church, like their Bible study or, or they... I think that we almost rely too heavily on the church to to yes. educate our children, to make sure that we know the Bible. That's... It's our it's responsibility. Not, it's not their job. Like, we were given free will because we're supposed to choose God, like... He, if he forced us to love him, if he forced us to learn everything, it wouldn't be a choice and it wouldn't be real love. You have to choose to do these things. So like choosing to read the Bible, choosing to learn scripture, like that's on us. And though it is nice that we have support groups, like groups specifically dedicated to Bible study. And I think most of your churches probably have that. It is our responsibility ultimately to either do it on our own or become one, part of one of those groups. So the fact that maybe your Catholic friend or you, if you're Catholic, don't know the Bible that well or, yeah, don't know the Bible that well, it it doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Like, you should know the Bible. Carve out that time. Carve out that time for your faith. Carve out that time for God. Carve out that time for yourself. Make it a priority. And so Yeah, let's start with, like, because, I mean, I don't read the Bible every day. Do you? No. Let's start. Agreed. So let's, um, we'll post on social media about this after we post this episode. Part of the point of this whole thing was to make us better Catholics yeah. anyway. So, so let's this do, is a good start. Let's do a chapter a day. I know, um, I think it's Stephanie Weinhart. She's, um, she's on Instagram. She's pretty vague on Instagram, but she does like a chapter a day thing. But let's just try to do a chapter a day. Um, it can be along with her challenge. It doesn't have to be a right, just, and inconvenient thing. But if you, want to tag us in it and share it to your stories you can um and we'll be we'll post about some of our chapter day stuff too maybe in the morning with your coffee or when you get a when you get a moment a chapter doesn't take that long to read it really doesn't so they're mostly really short yeah let's just try to do that um and that'll be our goal for this episode at least <laughs> we'll try to make one every episode um so that can bring us to our next misconception and oh okay so this one's not necessarily a catholic misconception it, i think this is this applies to all of christianity it does. that like faith and science can't coexist, coexist together yes they can't cooperate with one another which 
I think I can start with a story here, but um, when I met my husband, or when we started really becoming friends, um, he asked me, I think he asked me what I believed, like, about the world, I guess, and um, I told him I was Catholic, and he was like, oh, I'm not really into organized religion because I believe in science. I love people who are not into organized religion. <laughs> it's know. my favorite. And that's a whole other episode. No, but, um, and he was like, I believe in science. And I was like, cool, me too. It's real. <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, like, I just feel like most Christians don't believe in science. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I went to a Catholic high school and the literal motto was where faith and reason flourish. And we had science classes. We had science classes, you know. As we should have. Right. We did. We were we were taught theories. We were taught the theory of evolution. We talked about the Big Bang. We, these, they weren't excluded from our science classes just because we went to a Catholic high school. Right. Um, so, I yeah. So, and I think when he heard that, he was like, oh, like, okay. So, this girl. That can happen. Believes in science and religion. And he really did. I think that's part of what drew him to the Catholic faith was he realized that um, it was more about truth, which is what's important. And I think um, I think truth doesn't contradict truth. So science can't contradict religion if religion is true. And obviously we're here because we believe that the Catholic faith is the true faith and thus science can't contradict that. Science is truth revealed to us by God. In fact, um, the catechism has, I don't know, is it a paragraph or like a whole, probably section of the catechism that talks about yeah, science I mean, I think and faith. What we have is a paragraph, but it's probably um, a section. It says, though faith is above reason, there can never be any real discrepancy between faith and reason. Since the same God who reveals mysteries and infuses faith has bestowed the light of reason on the human mind. God cannot deny himself, nor can truth ever contradict truth. Consequently, methodical research in all branches of knowledge, provided that it's carried out in a truly scientific manner and does not override moral laws, can never conflict with the faith because the things of the world and the things of faith derive from the same God. The humble and persevering investigator of the secrets of nature is being led, as it were, by the hand of God in spite of himself. For it is God, the conserver of all things, who made them what they are. And I think that that in reading this, it it is almost intuitive to think, oh, wait, you know, God created all of this. God created the earth, the sky, you and me, animals. He created science. God created our, our minds, our brains, and he created them to explore and to question things about our world and to make discoveries he wanted us to do that yeah when he reveals himself to us a little at a time and i think science is just a way to discover that yeah he reveals himself to us in so many different ways and science is just one of the ways yeah and um i think that i think that science is a good thing there have been i mean there are catholic universities and they definitely um, are pro-science. They have tons of different resources dedicated to their science department. There are Catholic priests who are scientists. There are scientists who were atheists and converted to Catholicism. 
being scientists. I mean, and we can do, again, this will be another episode that we'll eventually do a more in-depth. Really dig deep into it. Yeah, really dig deep into it. And we'll give you more examples and stuff. But but all this to say that faith and reason should not contradict each other. So believing in science and believing in Catholicism should not be a problem. I think I think we can definitely say that true for Catholicism and most of Christianity, although I will say that there are definitely some sects of Christianity where this does not play out well um, in very literal interpretations where some people date the world to maybe only be, I think it's 6,000 years old or something, where obviously we, ha- we have the science to prove that that is not the case. Yeah. So faith and science, certain sects of Christianity are not going to cooperate with science but catholicism i've i've never found a contradiction wait till they tell us the aliens are real and then catholics have to (laughs) talk about that one figure that one out with some sacred tradition hey andrew's all for it that's my husband (laughs) he he is he's like he's like there's definitely aliens And, and maybe there are i don't think that would contradict it either honestly i mean who knows what god's doing anywhere else who knows? I mean, What's we another? used to think that the world was flat because we hadn't explored it enough. I mean, there's a whole galaxy. I mean, it could be anything. So Some people still believe the world is flat now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's <laughs> not go there. But um, Those are the people we should worry about, not the Catholics. If we're, worried about, <laughs> if we're worried about science contradicting anybody, worry about the flat earthers, not about the Catholics. And I think with all of these misconceptions, and there are so many more, I think these are just the ones that we hear. We'll call this part one. We'll call this misconceptions part one. Hopefully. That's a promise that we're <laughs> making. But this is, I think this is, these are the the ones that I think just we heard growing up. They might not even be the most popular. They were just the most popular for us from Alabama. And we didn't grow up together per se, but we've grown up in the same environment. Proximity. Yeah, close proximity to each other. So um, these were ones that we've heard about, so we figured we would talk about them. And I think that um, when it comes to misconceptions, if you are Catholic, I think just do your research. And you do not have to prove or disprove someone immediately. If you don't know the answer, you can be like, you know what? Let me look into that a little bit more and like, let me get back to you. Because- be comfortable with saying I don't know right now and it not feeling like you're a failure as a catholic right and i I think it'd be better than than being like oh i i didn't realize we worshiped mary (laughs) like you know what i mean like be like you know what we don't worship mary but i i want better words like i want to be able to tell you the why or you know what we're we're in the middle of going on a run right now like let's let's talk about this some other time or we're in the middle of eating dinner let me let me look this up let me feel better about it and then we'll talk about it because just because you don't know the truth right on the right in the moment doesn't mean that the truth isn't the truth isn't the truth so my advice would be just to like know that there are misconceptions and to seek truth i think that's always going to be my advice seek truth and i think that's really that's really the goal of this podcast too seek truth um if you are catholic and you felt a little bit a little bit of guilt in some way hearing that catholics maybe don't read the bible as much as they should like like us join us in our challenge and try to read a chapter a day and um 
we just we hope you come away from this with some takeaways that maybe you can use when confronted with these misconceptions so that you aren't just completely out of your element or if it's something that you never questioned now you have (laughs) um yeah because i was one of those who really didn't question much i was like i'm sorry we don't read the bible i guess i don't really read the bible (laughs) maybe we don't but um yeah i think this whole podcast the whole point is um that we're on a journey of trying to be better in general so like let's all get better together let's face these misconceptions head on and um work together to be an example of why they aren't true like live out a life of um honoring mary and having relationships with the saints reading the bible knowing the bible so that when someone says that catholics don't read the bible you can be like oh i love the bible like let's talk about it and you won't feel like you have nothing to say and then when it comes to science no science i mean like not everything but like learn things and the only the only hope we have to be reunited i think as as christians between protestants and catholics which i god wants that for us he wants his believers to be united and i think the only hope that we have of getting there is for us to know what we believe and why we believe it so that we can properly talk about it with others and not feel left out of discussions revolving around the bible and make sure that we can communicate our beliefs in an, in a structured, well-worded manner. And maybe even sometimes taking the time to step away from the conversation saying, I don't know, but I'll find out. Yes. I think that's so important. Like, it's totally okay not to know. So, um, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And if you want to let us know, maybe some of the misconceptions. We'll probably post something on Instagram about this episode. Let us know what misconceptions you've heard, and um, maybe we'll talk about it on another episode. So um, I hope that you guys have a great week. Keep seeking truth, and we'll see you next week. Bye.